Welcome, you're listening to a Serif Podcast, a go-to resource for investors, entrepreneurs, family officers and fund managers looking to learn about exciting investment opportunities around the world. Hey, welcome back again. We're with Jason Best and Woody Neese from Crowdfund Capital Advisors. This is Mark Wallace. I've got my partner, Chris Tull, on the call with me this morning as well. How's everybody today? Oh, great. Wonderful. Great. Good to be back with you guys. Great to have you guys. It's been a great series, and we're really excited about uh, about today's talk as well. So in the last um, two podcasts, we've talked quite a bit about crowdfunding, your background, how you guys got involved in it. Um, last podcast, we talked specifically about uh, crowdfunding initiatives in other parts of the world, got into, uh, dug pretty deep into uh, the Israeli startup scene, and then talked a little bit about MENA uh, and how crowdfunding could save the world, right, Woody? Uh, that was uh, exactly. one, of, one of the things that came out of that last discussion. People need jobs and crowdfunding can, can be one of the conduits to provide that. So uh, in this podcast number three, we're going to deal with some of the opportunities that you're seeing globally. Um, give us an idea how you sort of access this deal flow. You've made lots of friends uh, around the world um, in uh, important places. Um, we want to give people listening to the podcast a little bit, a little bit of a sizzle. You know what? Uh, what's the big picture opportunity in crowdfunding? Talk to us a little bit about the ecosystem, and then talk to us about how you can leverage uh, or you do leverage your networks to gain to access to international deals. So, I'm going to once again pass it over to Chris to direct the conversation. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, this, this I think is for our readership is going to be the most exciting, interesting place. It's certainly from from my perspective, um, the 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 real crux of what what it is that we do, which is trying to find unicorns. You know, we're out hunting unicorns, and what I mean by that is finding those companies that are going to um, provide the potential for us to get a, a 10, 20, 30, or more x return on our capital. And I think that the crowdfunding industry certainly allows for that um, to take place, and I have no doubt in my mind that this is um, that this will take place going forward. The question is, you know, how to find those unicorns, and um, you know, with the Serif syndicate that we um, that we run, that Mark and I run, we've made some investments in the space, and um, that was that was how we met you, gentlemen. Actually, was through one of those investments. Um, for a company that we both invested into, and um, we can talk a little bit about that. But I'm I'm very curious to hear about what it is that you gentlemen are looking at, because you 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 have of all of the people in the space that we've spoken to, um, certainly the most extensive network and the most visibility into um, crowdfunding platforms, the crowdfunding ecosystem, the infrastructure plays. Um, on a global basis. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Jens, and um, uh, I'm curious as to you know where you see the big opportunities and um, what it is that you're looking at. Well, you know there are a number of opportunities in a number of countries. I think that it's uh, uh, you know we have the you know kind of opportunity because of how we engage with different audiences in the crowdfunding ecosystem to add I think maybe some different value. Have a different value proposition. We, you know, we we work with regulators and government institutions and development organizations like the World Bank or the Inter-American Development Bank or the Asian Development Bank, for example, that you know have a chance to 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 come in and become, uh, you know, to bring best practices, to bring data, and to bring perspective on on the regulation as it's being formed. 
during that process, we also have the opportunity to meet the entrepreneurial ecosystem in general, and to you know get to know these accelerators and incubators and and other places where you know smart, talented people hang out and build businesses. And then specifically within those ecosystems are the people who are are passionate about building this crowdfunding ecosystem in different countries. And so that's really I think where the leverage is for us is in, is because of the work that we did in the U.S. and the advocacy work and the uh, the goodwill that we've really worked hard to develop and the networks we've worked hard to develop uh, over the last three years. This ability to to you know learn about deals uh, in this space uh, earlier than most people do, because you know for example we are advisors to 14 companies in the space uh, in not only the U.S. but other countries outside of the U.S. as well. Uh, and so you know we have those are infrastructure companies, those are ecosystem companies, uh, all within the, this this crowdfunding ecosystem, and so it gives us a chance to then network that uh, those relationships even further uh, to be able to to take full advantage of, of the opportunity. Jason had um, mentioned in one of our previous calls that there's this balanced regulatory. Um, framework that we take around the world as we work with governments globally on how do you create a, a crowdfunding ecosystem that will flourish and the businesses are the ones that fit into the different parts of that balanced framework when you look at it it's not just it's investing in the crowdfinance ecosystem is not investing in platforms solely that would be taking all your eggs and put it in one basket and hoping hoping that that one egg it leads is, is the golden egg. This is a, a diversified play within an entire industry and so what we are trying to do is identify the winning companies that plug in and, and plug together to make for the winning ecosystem. So when you're looking at the platforms, you're not just looking at a donation or perk-based platform, but who's the real estate crowdfunding platform that's the breakout one and what's that based on or someone that's working on an agriculture platform or a science. I mean think about the solution for Ebola will come from the crowd arena because collaboration allows these people to get things done faster and crowdfunding will allow them to, to fund that discovery sooner than we will be able to do it anywhere else. So what we try and do is identify the people that are talking about this follow those conversations, see the technologies that they're using, introduce them through our network to other technologies that we think that can help enable it, and then pull the pieces together to see where we want to invest along the way so that we can have a great return for ourselves and the people that we work with. It's sort of a combination of, of, of finding local talent, but also, as Woody was describing, bringing business models that are successful in other countries and putting those business models into other countries, you know, so that you can take a successful business model for due diligence from country A and put it in country B, uh, and so those sorts of opportunities as well. That's great. So, gentlemen, um, can you explain just, um, you know, we talk about the crowdfunding ecosystem. Um, you know, what exactly are you talking about when you talk about an ecosystem? I mean, I think just for the reader's benefit, it's it's important for us to clarify what exactly that means. Absolutely. Uh, there has to be an ecosystem of companies that are created to make an efficient and effective market for crowd finance. Uh, and so we've created a four-sector model for what that looks like. 
first sector are the crowdfunding platforms that are sort of the most evident, most obvious uh, part of this ecosystem today. Crowdfunding uh, platforms like Seed Invest or Crowdfunder, Offerboard or Early Shares, you know, that are in the U.S. and, uh, and functioning today. Uh, certainly are others that are operating outside of the United States as well. Um, ecosystem players, uh, one that falls into the, there's a trust and transparency tools is sort of this, the, the next category. How do I, how do I have rating systems for entrepreneurs, rating systems for investors? How do I, how do I do uh, investor checks and, and AML checks and, and diligence? How do I do those sorts of things on, in crowd finance? Companies like um, Early IQ would be an example of, of that. Uh, another sector is measurement and management tools, analytics tools. And so uh, the company that you were mentioning earlier, Chris, that we're both investors in is Crowdnetic. They're basically the Bloomberg of, of the crowd finance space globally. They have connected, we have connections, uh, integrations with, I think it's over 20 crowdfunding platforms now uh, in both Europe and the U.S. and they're expanding into other markets and we're helping with that expansion. Um, this opportunity to, uh, you know, to have deep analytical tools to help investors uh, make, make sense of these you know, hundreds of crowdfunding platforms. And, and then finally, this white space that we talked about in the earlier podcast of the, these new technologies, new services that will be created uh, for the crowd finance space that will have application both in crowd finance and in the rest of the private capital markets. But people shouldn't be thinking um, of alien spaceships and things that are you know, in outer space that haven't been developed yet, they should remember that there's certain basic building blocks that are necessary for anything, and I'll start with a very simple one, education. I mean, we're on a podcast right now which is educating people about the this opportunity, what the ecosystem looks like, what it's made up of. That education is something that needs to be applied to investors that are looking to invest in the space, but it needs to be implied more importantly to entrepreneurs that are looking to go out there and raise money from the crowd. They need to understand all the steps and pieces that need to be in place for them to successfully raise money. So you've got all those components and that could be books, that could be um, online products that are built around crowdfunding, it's television shows that are, are built for it, it's magazines, anything and everything that can be leveraged to help people understand and learn from this is a very simple way to think of something that's an investable opportunity in the ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, what he just talked about, like online education tools for crowdfunding to, to train uh, entrepreneurs and to train investors in this new space. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you make a very good point. At the end of the day, um, building a company and investing in a company, we're not changing any of those factors. Uh, crowdfunding is just opening this to a new sector or a new class of individuals that can participate in that. Um, and hopefully a much larger sector of the society that can participate in that. Um, but the fundamental tools and processes that one would work with are not going to be changing significantly. Um, the tools used are changing and that's I think where this, the supplies is, you know, um, the opportunity for companies existing, you know, when I think of um, brokers for example, um, private equity brokers certainly, um, this crowdfunding has the ability to act to, to allow them to recreate their businesses and, and um, tap into what could potentially be a, a very exciting um, business opportunity for them. Or at the same, on the other flip side of the coin, it can significant, 
basically uh, damage existing business frameworks that um, that some of those brokers are currently working with, because much of the uh, the information flow and much of the um, resources that they currently bring to the table are probably not as valuable as they as they were 10, 20 years ago. Um, so um, it's taking the existing um, processes that are used for investment and the existing processes that are used for uh, entrepreneurs and then seeing how they fit into this ecosystem and um, developing uh, the infrastructure for that. That's, that's I think, where um, I'm certainly pretty excited about um, companies that are doing that. And, um, you know, you mentioned Crowdnetic before. I think that's a, that's a perfect example of, um, I guess, the picks and shovels um, type of arena. And data is, is incredibly valuable. We only need to um, look at other existing um, companies in, in literally every sector of the market, whether it be healthcare, whether it be um, uh, financial services, data is, is always extremely valuable. Um, and that's, that's a target and an area that Crowdentix is addressing very well. So, you know, we're pretty excited about that particular company. Um, I'm curious from, uh, from your guys' side, how can you leverage your network um, to access international deals, and how are you doing that? Well, I think it's it's a combination of things. We I could take a couple of them. I think one is the work that we do with with governments and regulators puts us in a unique position. Uh, you know, secondly, the opportunity to work with the State Department. We've now conducted 14 State Department missions to 14 different com countries, uh, where we've been able to access. You know, where we are you know, brought to the table to meet with entrepreneurs, investors, financial institutions, uh, government agencies, uh, to talk about crowdfunding, and to you know, and, and then also I have usually uh, extensive media coverage on these these trips as well. So it it puts us in a position of of, of you know being recognized uh, as, as as people who are active in this space, and then are sought out for uh, both advice uh, and and support. We're seen as strategic investors, strategic advisors, and so we think that gives us an edge in uh, sourcing deals. One of the areas in which we see a lot of opportunity to understand what's going on in the industry and to allow us to meet players globally in the industry is through the crowdfunding institute we formed at the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, it's really the first global crowdfunding institute. It's meant to be uh, an aggregator of all information related to crowdfunding that's going on. And by this, I mean we're building a database that will import information um, and working with people like Crowdnetic to understand where the money is going, who's getting funded, why they're getting funded, and then start analyzing trends that are taking place. Um, people come to our annual crowdfunding symposium. We just had our second one there um, that was focused on policy. So we invite regulators and policy people all over the world and, and people to present paper papers on uh, best policy. Uh, and so what we do is we build this database of research and information that allows us to have the most cutting edge um, data at our fingertips, the best research that's available globally, People come to these events where we meet them and learn about what they're doing. Um, and these events aren't just at Berkeley. I mean, part of what we do as, a, as our business model is go around the world and speak at events where people come up to us afterwards and share their brilliant ideas with us um, for which we have an entire um, 
database of uh, information where we store information about the company, where in the space they fit, what their website and contact information is, and a little note about each of those business models because we're seeing this unfold so rapidly um, and it's just our one little area where we, we keep all our information so that we can build out our own little honeycomb of business opportunities that exist there. Well, from a purely biased point of view, I mean, this is quite frankly why um, we're so excited to um, be interacting with you gentlemen because you're in a space that is um, allowing you to see granular deal flow at the very early stage and uh, not only that, but being in a position where you can identify, um, as you quite correctly pointed out, how that fits into the ecosystem because you're you know, living and breathing it on a daily basis, which um, which is incredibly valuable. Uh, Chris, the, one thing just for, I'm sorry, one thing about that. I mean, it's it's maybe sort of odd for people who are advisors and investors to spend so much time talking about spending time with regulators, but. The reason we think it's important and, and unique is that regulation creates business opportunities. And by understanding the, the way that regulation is being formed in different countries, it gives us a chance to see where business opportunities can exist before they actually do exist. Because, it, because that's what creates the business opportunities for how uh, you structure a, a technology or a solution to meet those regulatory needs. That's, <laughs> you, you've hit on an incredibly important point of point there. Um, I mean, the, the changes in legislation create basically changes in capital flows. And, um, you know, I've seen this, uh, I'll give you a quick example. Um, so, you know, where you have, for example, I, I was looking some years back at investing um, into some real estate in Malaysia. And at the time, um, I bumped into a gentleman on a, who was actually on a flight with me who um, was, um, he was sort of middle management in, um, uh, in a regulatory authority in Malaysia and he mentioned to me that they were looking at passing some legislature that was intended to curb speculation in the real estate markets and it was only dedicated towards foreign investment. And um, when I looked at what was taking place on the ground, I thought that they, I, and I and I felt that there was a lot of opportunity still to make some good money. And when I realised, you know, with what was coming down the pike in terms of the regulatory changes, I knew that that was going to have a significant impact on the capital flows into um, uh, real estate being bought by foreign individuals. And so, you know, that that put the kibosh on uh, making any investments there, and for very good. Purpose. I mean, uh, it, it, uh, I'm very glad that I was um, available to get that information. And you gentlemen are right in that space where you have access to this um, this regulatory framework and information flow that, as you quite correctly pointed out, um, will create uh, capital flows in in various in various ways. Um, so that's you know. I, I think it's important for readers to understand that what may work, for example, in the United Kingdom may not necessarily, you know, a replica of that may not work in Malaysia because there are nuances that um, can impact on, on a particular deal. And this is true of any deal, whether it be crowdfunding or not, but um, it's, uh, it's certainly something that you guys have got an insight into. 
the the other thing that um, I think is important to address is the consulting work that you gentlemen do. Um, that in itself, I could imagine, um, brings a lot of feeders and deal flow into uh, your network. Can you talk a little bit about the consulting work that you do, and possibly with with respect to that, what um, you've just been up to in Asia, Jason? Sure. I mean, I think the um, the work, the consulting work, has been interesting just because you know working on projects uh, in in Asia, um, doing uh, holding meetings with uh, the Thai Securities Commission, with the Malaysian Securities Commission, uh, with the securities regulator in Hong Kong, uh, for example, in Asia, uh, having worked with the Ministry of Finance in uh, both Chile and Mexico. Uh, in other countries, having worked in, in with, with the legislature in uh, Italy, uh, when where that uh, legislation was passed, just this the, this opportunity to provide our advisory services and consulting services to those entities, uh, and also to provide those kinds of services to uh, investors and uh, uh, and financial institutions who are looking at this space now and beginning to say like what you know what will be the shape of things and how will this this market evolve it provides us with you know another another way to build relationships in a in a, in a country uh, to build relationships in an, e an entrepreneurial ecosystem uh, so that we can again just provide more opportunities for for to find uh, the best deals being called thought leaders is a double-edged sword. <laughs> um, uh, we do our consulting work and then we go out there and people call us thought leaders in crowdfunding globally and we realize, wow, we need to produce some more thought leadership in crowdfunding. And so to that end, we have been um, a producer of white papers to under help people understand that crowdfunding has an impact in very all over the spectrum, and by that I mean one of the papers that had a rapid adoption recently was our paper on how crowdfunding has a big potential for women and minorities, um, because those two are the most unfunded um, segment of the entrepreneurial market. Um, it's just very challenging for them to, to get financing, and how women, and our data from the Berkeley program was showing that women are funding other women entrepreneurs at a faster rate than any other time, uh, and uh, that if you've got a female founder on your on your team with you, that you can raise capital faster. And so we we produce these thought leadership pieces, these white papers. They're they're available on our website. Anyone can download them. But that also leads to work for us, where uh, people call us and come in and say, explain to us how this is going to help you know women and minorities in our community and what they need to know and then we get to have uh, introductions and make relationships with other people in areas that we didn't even think about before you yeah, know that's um, that's very interesting it's this it, I think it's fair to say that um, the opportunities that open up and are opening up and will open up as a you know the course of events are probably many of them we're not even really looking at right now. Um, and you know I, I can think off the top of my head just a few industries which um, you know people are going about their day to day business and not even considering what crowdfunding could do for them um, and how. Um, how that could impact, you know, small communities, 
that are um, you know, uh, struggling, and um, this is this is very interesting. Um, the the ecosystem behind that well, the ecosystem that you gentlemen have got, and when I say ecosystem, I mean the consulting work, um, the thought leadership that you're producing um, is probably um, going to be something that over the um, the next couple of years has um, has an, an enormous amount of resources um, coming into it and I guess the challenge for you guys is going to be um, collecting all that information and managing it so that it can be fed back out to the to the industry um, so almost you know while you're running crowdfund capital advisors and um, uh, investing in deals there's there's a I think <laughs> I think there's another business opportunity that actually just sits underneath um, what you're doing that hasn't probably necessarily been tapped fully um, and so that is something that I can I, imagine someone could come and knock on your door and say hey guys I could sort of take all of, all that you're doing here and and literally create another business out of it I'm going to break in um, there real quick, happens? Chris, and, and, and yeah. I want to point out the, um, the work you guys are doing so this doesn't get overlooked on the Pan American uh, crowdfund network that you guys are forming. Um, these guys are, are paying you to do some development work for them um, around their platform. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that plays directly into what Chris is, is talking about. Well, there's um, uh, you know the Inter-American Development Bank is it wants to you know stimulate conversation and and uh, the industry throughout Latin America for crowdfunding and crowdfinance, and so uh, we've got a, uh, two projects uh, that are uh, will be beginning in the next uh, couple of months in two different countries in Latin America, uh, and that will you know I think provide some really interesting opportunities for us. And those countries will form. They're also they're not only are they exciting countries from an investor perspective and an ecosystem development perspective, but they also can provide, uh, you know, some templates that can be used in rolling out crowd finance through the rest of Latin America. And so I think that's one of the uh, kind of the, the the bigger opportunities is to be able to um, you know start in two markets. Uh, start working on those those issues over the course of you know months, and then be able to build uh, you know some additional uh, information and data and best practices that we can bring to the rest of the of the markets throughout Latin America. Very interesting. Well, I think um, we're going to go ahead and, and try to wrap it up there. We've covered a lot of ground over the last three podcasts, but before we do uh, break away, I just want to let our readers know, and we'll put this in print as well, but I want to let our readers know how they can get in touch with uh, you and uh, Jason and, and Woody if they'd like to. And, and is the easiest way to reach you via email? Sure. Okay, so that uh, would people be... Can, people can follow us on um, on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm at CrowdCap Advisor. CrowdCap Advisor, okay. CrowdCap Advisor, and Woody is at Woody N, N is in Nancy. That's okay. Woody with an IE. Woody with an IE, yep. And for email, we've got Jason at theccagroup.com and yes. Sherwood, S-H-E-R-W-O-O-D, at theccagroup.com. Yes. And now Perfect. everyone knows where Woody comes from. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, okay. Let's uh, again, let's go ahead and, and wrap it up there. Um, I want to really thank you guys for joining us. It's been a fascinating series. It's um, we're going to continue our discussion on, on crowdfunding as well. And, and hopefully to speak with Luan Cox over at Crowdnetic and a few other players uh, as well. So we might ask you to come back and, and join us again to, uh, to add some, some of your insights and update us on, on what's happening. You guys are obviously our sort of ears to the ground, boots on the ground guys, our go-to guys when it comes to crowdfunding. And uh, again, just appreciate your, uh, your leadership here with this. It's an important, um, you know, globally important um, movement that's happening. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great to, uh, to be a part of it with you guys as well. And again, just want to thank you for all your hard work and diligence with this. And I think the rewards are, are going to be, uh, are going to be monumental. Well, thanks for the opportunity. We really have enjoyed being with you guys, and, and we're very excited about you know working with you guys on a, on a long-term basis. Yep. And would it be all right as well to post links to these white a few of these white papers for our readers and listeners? You bet. Okay. Most definitely. Fantastic. We'll go ahead and put a little document library together that people can access and download some of this. And, of course, they can also go to your website as well, I would imagine, to access these docs. You bet. All available free as charge. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> the open source system. <laughs> thanks, thanks again, gentlemen. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Serif, a private global investment syndicate. To learn more about Serif, visit www.serif.bc. That's www.serif.bc.